Wednesday, August 15th, 2018. You are listening to the Daily Dose Sports Podcast, and I am your host, Clint Daly, coming to you from the Mile High City. We are right here in Denver, Colorado, and we are back for another day of talking sports with a dose of common sense. You know, we pride ourselves on trying to look at things a little bit objectively, try not to get too emotional about any of it, try to just look at things and reason through things and look at things logically in the world of sports. And as much as people might say they do that, a lot of times we can see that's not exactly how the sports media tends to approach a lot of these things. We are doing our best to keep you entertained each and every day. Happy Wednesday to you, August 15th. How in the world are we already halfway through August? This month is flying by. It is going to be September before we know it. Hey, if you'd like to contact the show, we would love to hear from you. Hit us up on email, dailydosports at gmail.com, or go find us over on Facebook or Twitter. Both of those handles are at dailydosports. If you got some feedback for the show, Maybe you have a suggestion for the show. Maybe you need some advice from us here at the show. We have handed out some advice before on some pretty serious subjects. We would love to hear from you. Send us whatever it is that you have. You know, today on the show, of course, we do have some stories coming out in breaking news that we want to discuss. And, you know, as we started yesterday, this week on The Dose, we are continuing to get ready for the football season that is coming very, very quickly. We are taking a look at a few of the top units in the upcoming football season. Uh, phrasing? I don't know if we need that every single time I say the word unit. Unit is not like a thing, like we can say that. There are different units within a football team, within a football program. That's all we're saying. It doesn't have to be that every single time. So today, we are going to be talking a little NFL, and we are going to be talking a little college football. Going to want to make sure that you stick around for that. Let's go ahead and jump into some breaking news, though. Did you catch... HBO's Hard Knocks last night. You know, it was a little interesting just to see how that whole Corey Coleman thing went. Now, if you didn't see it, offensive coordinator Todd Haley did not like how wide receiver Coleman was practicing and just how he, you know, plays in general. So he demoted him, like in the first two minutes of the show, to the second team. Coleman goes into head coach Hugh Jackson's office and basically just said, hey, if you're going to put me on the second team, you should just trade me. Literally. Within like two, three hours, Coleman was headed to Buffalo. You know, the thing that is concerning about that, that is a first round pick, what, just two years ago? Ouch. That kind of hurts when you lose that kind of a draft pick already. You know, I keep watching these Browns and you do see spots of improvement and you do see areas that they could be better in. I like want to come up with scenarios for a way that the Cleveland Browns are going to be better this year, they're going to win some games this year, we're going to see significant improvement, they might be better in a few spots, but the Browns are still going to be awful because they have too many people like Coleman. A wasted draft pick, they're taking up space. And you could even see, as Hugh Jackson is showing them film of how lazy they are, they just don't operate like a championship organization. That's just not how they're geared. That is not how they're built. And they're going to probably pay for it again this season. You know, we did also get a little bit of disturbing news coming out of the NFL yesterday. Pittsburgh Steelers quarterback Ben Roethlisberger is in the concussion protocol after sustaining a hit early in yesterday's practice. Roethlisberger was apparently rolling to his right on a goal line play when he ran into offensive lineman Marcus Gilbert as well as linebacker Keon Adams. That is not the way... The Steelers want to start this season. Is it? Is it me? Or are there just 
new reasons like every single day coming out that make me want to doubt the Steelers this year. There's no question they're talented. They're insanely talented, but they do still have a number of issues. And seeing Ben already getting deemed up this early doesn't help my confidence in the Pittsburgh Steelers this year. They should be a contender this year. This is not the way you want to start. A contract holdout? Big Ben already getting knocked around early in preseason? Not the best start for the Steelers. You know, I told you the other day that the Miami Dolphins might be feeling some pressure this year, as evidenced by starting quarterback Ryan Tannehill kicking a rookie running back out of this huddle for missing an assignment. Now, I know a lot of times we look at these situations and we say, hey, moron should have made his assignment. As a rookie, he's just trying to figure out how to put his pants on half the time. Ryan Tannehill on Sunday got angry at this kid for missing his assignment, threw him out of the huddle, chewed him out in front of everyone. Well, yesterday, we saw that the Miami Dolphins might be feeling the pressure again. They, in fact, might be stressing just as a franchise right now. Because yesterday, Miami Dolphins veteran defensive lineman Gabe Wright was actually cut by the Dolphins. One day after he charged at and blindsided running back Kenyon Drake while Drake's helmet was actually off. Now, according to Dolphins head coach Adam Gase, he says, it was time for us to move on. I don't really think that I need to go into more detail than that. Uh, Wait a second, Coach Gase. I would actually like a few more details. I know you can say that. Like you can say, I don't really think I need to go into more details, but I'm going to need more details because what is going on down in Miami that everyone seems to be so high strung all of a sudden? I need some more details from the Dolphins. I need some more details from Adam Gase. For instance, when exactly did this discipline that they have suddenly going become such a priority? Because It's never seemed like a big deal in the past. We've never seen the Dolphins react this way to this kind of thing. Like, think back to the Miami Dolphins just in the last couple years. I'm just going to put this in the Adam Gase era. Didn't seem like a big deal when Kiko Alonso cheap-shotted Baltimore Ravens quarterback Joe Flacco, did it? I didn't see him get cut. I didn't see him get chewed out and thrown out of the huddle. Those things never happened. It sure wasn't enforced the entire time that defensive lineman Nadamakan Sue played for that organization. I mean, it's not like this has been a team full of choir boys. Now you're going to start trying to rein them in. Now you're going to start telling them, hey, no more of that. You've allowed them to do it for the past few years. Or is it more that the Miami Dolphins are feeling the pressure this year? Because we have heard going into the season. That Adam Gates' job could be on the line. That Ryan Tannehill's career could be on the line. There is a chance that if this all goes south, Gates is out of a job and Tannehill's out looking for work too. I'm starting to wonder if that's more the case. Not all of a sudden the Miami Dolphins have turned over this new leaf and they're really going to try to be good guys. I'm not sure I'm buying that exactly. I have a feeling that if I were to back Adam Gates and Ryan Tannehill up to a wall they would both suck out a couple of bricks because they seem to be very, very tense right now. Don't think that's a coincidence. I think the Miami Dolphins might be feeling some pressure. Another story coming out in the NFL, you know, former Oakland Raiders cornerback Sean Smith was actually released from prison yesterday 
after he served five months of his one-year sentence for pleading guilty to a felony assault charge. According to Los Angeles County Sheriff's Department online records, Sean Smith was released from custody at 5.07 a.m. Tuesday morning on good behavior. Now, you might have forgot about this story because it was kind of easy to forget about, but Sean Smith, 31-year-old defensive back, was sentenced to one year in prison and five years probation when he agreed to plead guilty on March 13th to that charge. And then a charge of aggravated battery was actually dismissed. Now, prosecutors in this case say that Sean Smith beat his sister's boyfriend after he tried to intervene in an argument between Smith and his sister. They say, in fact, that Sean Smith stomped on the man's head, causing serious bodily injury. The Raiders, of course, released Smith a day before he formally pleaded guilty to the charges. Now, I'm just throwing this out there. Just a thought. I realize that the Miami Dolphins are now this new and improved regime. Like we can see, they're penalizing guys for not knowing their assignments. They're cutting guys for getting in a fight in training camp. But the Miami Dolphins could use some help in the defensive backfield. They wouldn't go out and try to sign Sean Smith, would they? I mean, Smith did play for Miami at one time. I mean, he literally, not figuratively, he literally curb stomped a guy. That certainly cannot be the type of individual that the Miami Dolphins would be looking for with this born-again attitude, would it? I don't know. Let's just play a little game of what I like to call we'll see. But I think that could be coming. We'll keep an eye on if anyone picks up Sean Smith. I have a feeling the Miami Dolphins might have been standing outside of the prison guard booth wondering what he had going over these next few weeks. Hey, coming back, yesterday we took a look at a few of the best coaches in both the NFL and in college football. And as we continue to get ready for this coming football season, we are going to switch over to something else. We are going to switch over to that most important unit that they say wins championships when we get back. Hey, we have all heard the sayings. Offense may sell tickets, but defense wins championships. And you know, I suppose that there is a measure of truth to that statement. We always hope as fans that our team has that high-scoring offense, right? That we have that top quarterback. But hey, sometimes that's just not the case. Sometimes your team has a game manager. Sometimes you are that run-the-ball-and-play-defense style of team. And in those seasons, if your defense is good enough, and if your offense just doesn't put them in bad positions, you can still contend for titles even without those great offenses. So as we continue to look forward to the coming NFL and college football seasons, we might not be wowed by all these teams' offenses. Depends on the team. Some of them have very good offenses. Some of them don't. But we are going to name the top defenses that are out there because we know if you have a great defense, you at least have a chance. Like you might win something. You could possibly still contend even without a great offense. Let's take a look at college football first. And let's take a look at some of the best defenses that are out there in the nation this year. You know, first up, we talked about their head coach yesterday. And we talked about how Mark D'Antonio is this old school coach. And instead of looking at the edge and running all this spread stuff, he just puts his focus 
on Michigan State winning the line of scrimmage. Because Mark D'Antonio knows, if you want to win games, you win from the inside and then you work your way out. Now, the Michigan State Spartans this season return eight starters from a defense that was last year ranked top 20 in the country. Yes, they can pressure opposing quarterbacks off the edge, but that's actually not even their strength. What they usually prefer to do is they get that push inside from their interior defensive line. And you know, as dangerous as it is for those edge rushers to be coming around the corner, to be blindsiding your quarterback, to be maybe getting those strip sacks, it is always very, very tough when you have a good defensive line that pushes straight up into your face because quarterbacks do not get comfortable. You get up into their face, you get up into their knees and any quarterback, pick a quarterback, pick the greatest quarterback ever, they get nervous. And that is what Michigan State specializes in. They push from the inside and they come right at your quarterback. They stop your run and then they try to pressure right up the gut. Now, their secondary, it's also loaded this year. Michigan State returns all four starters in their secondary. Justin Lane, Josiah Scott, Kari Willis, and David Dowell are all back. Now, don't forget that this group got blown out by Ohio State last year, 48-3. to If you don't think that Mark D'Antonio has been putting 48-3 to all over their locker room, all over their playbooks, all over notes to the team, all over their chalkboards, I promise you, he has been. You have to think, coming back this season, Michigan State would love nothing more than to return the favor, somehow contend in the Big Ten, and get Ohio State back. You know they have been looking at that all offseason. I will definitely put Michigan State up there as one of the top defenses in the country. Next team up, it's going to sound a little like blasphemy these days. Because I don't have the Alabama Crimson Tide as the top defense in the country. What? I know, I know, calm down. Believe me, I understand. It seems like every single year, Alabama is just this wrecking crew of a defense, and it doesn't matter if they graduate people, it doesn't matter who's there and who's not, it just seems like every year, the Alabama Crimson Tide defense is a juggernaut. But you know, after leading the country in defense last year, they allowed just 12 points per game. That's amazing. I mean, that's truly, that's amazing. 12 points a game. But after allowing just 12 points a game, Nick Saban returns just two starters on the defensive side of the ball. And yes, I realize that he is returning some highly talented players. A lot of these guys that aren't returning starters are still all Americans. They are still the best player that ever came out of their high school or whatever. Some of these guys even have some championship experience. But I'm telling you, it's not the same. It's not the same as the guys that left. It's not the same as the guys who have been tested, who have been in the big games, who have maybe trailed late and found a way to come up with a stop or found a way to come up with a turnover. It's not the same. These guys are inexperienced. Yes, they're going to be very, very talented, but they might not have everything else down. They might not have the scheme down. They haven't played with each other that much. The chemistry might not be there. Now, as usual, the strength under Nick Saban is going to be that group of athletic linebackers, and you know Nick Saban's linebackers just fly around the field knocking the crap out of everything that moves. They've got Mac Wilson, they've got Dylan Moses, they've got Anthony Jennings, they've got Christian Miller, 
they are very, very talented, and they are going to continue to get better the more experience they get this season. I think this group will eventually end up being a very, very lethal defense. And you know, the defensive line will be okay. Not as good as last year, but they'll be okay. The secondary, I guess, is where I would actually have concerns. They are going to have to learn on the job. Now, it's easier when your front seven's really, really good. Your secondary can make some mistakes and actually not pay for them. They can get away with some things. They'll have to learn on the job and get better. But I do think that secondary could keep Alabama from being the elite unit that they were a year ago. They'll still be very good this year. They're not going to be like they were last year, though. Next team up, and it's going to sound kind of crazy when I say this, because how in the world can I have a defense up here as one of the top defenses in the country that lost Roquan Smith, Lorenzo Carter, and Dominic Sanders? There's no way they can still be one of the best defenses in the country, right? Well, the Georgia Bulldogs actually still return a lot. I mean, safety J.R. Reed is a beast. He can track down ball carriers all over the field. DeAndre Baker is one of the best cornerbacks in the entire country. And Jonathan Ledbetter and Tyler Clark are a lethal passing rush combo. They had double-digit sacks last year. And that was in spot duty. They weren't even starting. They weren't even staying on the field all the time. They were already picking up a lot of sacks. Yes, the Georgia Bulldogs are going to need to replace the talented Roquan Smith. But the Georgia defense is going to be excellent again. They lost some good players, but they still return a lot. In fact, if Georgia can reach their potential, I think Kirby Smart just might be making another run at the national title. We haven't talked about offenses just yet. We may still have to do that this week. But if Georgia's defense can come through this year, yeah, Georgia's going to be right in the thick of things. They're going to be pretty good. You know, our next great defense this coming season is a team that I might have ranked at the top spot but I don't know what the status is of their head coach, Urban Meyer. Because the Ohio State Buckeyes defensive line is as good as anyone's. I don't know if the rest of their defense is, but that defensive line is nasty. We all know the name Nick Bosa. Chase Young on the other side is going to be a monster too. And that's really saying something. Because Ohio State did lose a lot of talent from their defense to the NFL. But hey, Nick Bosa, he had eight and a half sacks last year. He's easily going to top that number this year if he stays healthy. Middle linebacker Tuff Borland, he is a tackling machine. My only concern about him is he's coming off an Achilles injury in the spring. That could keep this unit just a little behind our top team. The secondary at Ohio State, highly talented. But when you add into the equation, those questions about Urban Meyer, I can't put the Ohio State Buckeyes as the top team. We really like the Buckeyes defense. We just don't love them like we do our top team. And a lot of it might be because it's going to take them a little time to get fully healthy and get fully rolling. But Ohio State is going to be very good on the defensive side of the ball this year. If I am looking, though, at the nastiest defense in all of college football this year, yeah, I start right here with our top team. Because the Clemson Tigers defense is absolutely loaded this year. Dabo Swinney returns nine starters. He probably has the two best defensive ends in the country on that defensive line. Cleland Farrell and Austin Bryant combined for 18 sacks last year. They're both back. Okay, so that's just the edge. We talked about this just a few minutes ago. That's just the edge. What if you can just go up the gut on them? Yeah, that's not going to happen with Clemson because they might be better inside than they are outside. 
Dexter Lawrence turned down the NFL. He wanted to stick around for one more year. And he and Christian Wilkins, yeah, they're going to get a huge push inside. This isn't just a defense that looks good on paper. These guys have already played together last year. They allowed just 13 points a game. That was second in the country then. Barring some significant injuries, the Clemson Tigers are going to have the best defense in the country. And what's crazy is with the recruiting that Dabo Swinney has done, backing up each of these guys is some serious young talent that wants to get on the field too. Hey, good luck scoring on Clemson this year. And more important than that, good luck keeping your quarterback healthy if you face Clemson this year, because this front seven is going to be absolutely nasty. I think Clemson has the best defense in college football this year. Hey, coming back, we are going to continue to preview the upcoming football season as we look at which NFL defenses should be the best in the league. And you know, one of them, they're not actually getting off to the best start right now. Just a quick reminder that if you have any shopping to do, you might want to head over to LootCrate.com forward slash Daily Dose where you can find the latest pop culture collectibles that feature your favorite TV shows, your favorite movies, and your favorite video games. August Loot Crate theme is out. It is called Mayhem. It's actually not going to be available for that much longer, so you better hurry up and act on this. The Loot Crate theme for August features items from Rick and Morty, Office Space, Harley Quinn, and DC Comics, but if you're not interested in any of those franchises, just be sure to go over to Loot Crate because they've got just about anything you can possibly think of. The best part about ordering from Loot Crate, when you check out, make sure you type Daily Dose in the coupon box. We are going to get you 10% off of your order just as a little thank you for listening to the Daily Dose. Okay, so let's switch over to the NFL. And today we're talking defense. We are looking at the best defenses in the country. And I know, like we talked about earlier, we all want our team to have that big name quarterback. We all want our team to have that high scoring offense. It's so much fun to watch. When you know on any given play, your team could go down and just put up huge points. It's always so much fun to have that high scoring offense. But we also have seen great defenses lead their teams all the way to a Super Bowl win, despite sometimes not having great offenses, despite sometimes not having great quarterbacks. I mean, we look at it real recently. The Denver Broncos carried a broken down Peyton Manning to a Super Bowl, won it all. We saw the Tampa Bay Buccaneers win it with Brad Johnson. Wasn't a great offense, but they had a phenomenal defense. One of the best defenses ever. The Baltimore Ravens, they won the Super Bowl with Trent Dilfer. And how else can we possibly explain the bizarre enigma that is Eli Manning? Was it really Eli Manning or was it that Giants defense? I have a feeling the defense had a little something to do with those titles. A defense in the NFL can carry you to a title. So as we take a look at some of these teams, again, we haven't talked about offense just yet, but some of them have a defense that is good enough to carry them to a Super Bowl title if things break right for them. First team that's going to be on our list here, and it's probably not the first team that is going to pop into your head when I say, okay, name the best defenses in the NFL right now. But the Baltimore Ravens have one of the best secondaries in all of the NFL. They've got Jimmy Smith, Brandon Carr, Tony Jefferson, and veteran safety Eric Weddle. Baltimore allowed just 19 points a game last season. That actually ranks them sixth in the NFL in points allowed. Now, I have a ton of questions about the Baltimore Ravens. 
I have a ton of questions about their offense and about what in the world they're doing and why Joe Flacco always looks like he's terrible and what they're trying to do with Lamar Jackson and trying to push Joe Flacco out with Lamar Jackson. I've got a lot of questions about the Baltimore Ravens in general, but make no mistake, that Ravens defense is one of the best in the league and they return everyone this year. They are going to be tough to score on. I mean, as long as Joe Flacco doesn't just throw the ball to the other team. Or hand it to Mar Jackson. He fumbles it and gives it to the other team or whatever. What I'm saying is Baltimore's defense, one of the best defenses in the league. You know, our next team might actually end up being better than this. What is this? Number four, somewhere in that vicinity. But we are just going off how they look on paper for now. Believe me, we have seen a number of teams look great on paper, but they don't always do anything on the field. You don't win titles on paper. You don't win titles based on how you looked in a uniform. You actually have to go out on the field and prove it. So this team is going to have to go out and prove they can all mold together. They can play as a cohesive unit. And that's never as easy as it sounds. But when you look on paper, the Los Angeles Rams defense looks like an all-star team. You've got Aaron Donald. They can never give him a new contract. You've got Michael Brockers, Nadamakan Sue, Mark Barron, Marcus Peters, Aqib Talib. That is a loaded roster. And we know that defensive coordinator Wade Phillips is as good as anyone in the business at designing blitz packages to catch your quarterback off guard. Now, the Los Angeles Rams should be one of the best defenses in the league. Will they be? That remains to be seen. We'll have to keep an eye on Los Angeles. Now, the next team up might have been the first team you thought of based on their performance last season. And if I was just looking at these defenses and saying, okay, which defense has the most talent? I might list the Jacksonville Jaguars as number one. But this team does have some weird things about it. For one, they're very young. And sometimes being young means being dumb. Already this season, we have seen defensive lineman Dante Fowler and cornerback Jalen Ramsey. Yeah, they're getting off to a great start for Jacksonville. These two have been suspended for a week for taking the Twitter to wage some bizarre war on some local news writer that they took offense to what he wrote. Yeah, that's great. Let's get this season started off right with the high expectations that we have with a few stupid distractions. Very wise, Jacksonville. Still, the Jaguars are absolutely loaded. There's no question about that. They were second overall in a number of categories last year. They were second overall in sacks. They had a crazy 55 sacks last year. They allowed just 286 yards per game. They were also second in red zone performance, takeaways, and in points allowed. Hey, the Jacksonville Jaguars defense should be very good if this young group can stay focused. If you don't forget what it is that you're trying to do, you could be in a Super Bowl hunt if you can get everybody on the same page again. Sometimes it is difficult to catch lightning in a bottle a second time. Last year, the Jags looked phenomenal. See if they can do it again this year. Our next team's talent might not actually even be as good as the Jaguars, but hey, they're a team with championship experience, and we know that could be a big difference for the Philadelphia Eagles defense. Hey, I love the Eagles front seven, and that is what keeps them up here as one of the elite defensive units. Brandon Graham, Fletcher Cox, not sure if you realize this, but they went out and picked up Haloti Nada. We'll see how much he has left. Derek Barnett, plus they also pick up Michael Bennett, Tim Jernigan is still there. And these linebackers are so good in Jim Schwartz's scheme 
They just cover all angles. They don't let you breathe. You know, I love defenses that put pressure on quarterbacks. And these Philadelphia Eagles, yeah, they do that at an elite level. You might look at their secondary. You might look at a couple spots here and there and say, I don't know if they're as talented as a Jacksonville. I don't know if they're as talented as a Los Angeles. I'm still going to put them at number two because I think the Philadelphia Eagles defense is just that good primarily because of what they do to opposing quarterbacks. So our top defense in the NFL, least right now, is a team that is right there talent-wise with anyone else. Add to the fact that they are coached by one of the best in the business in Mike Zimmer. And right now, I will put the Minnesota Vikings as the best defense in the NFL. And you know, I'll actually give a few other advantages to Minnesota. One, their offense keeps winning the time of possession battle. So they don't have to be on the field the entire game. Now we'll see how that all goes with Kirk Cousins. But over the last few years, Minnesota's offense possesses the ball. They keep their defense fresh. That always helps. But this is a crazy talented defense. No, they didn't have as many sacks, but that number should go up with Sheldon Richardson on the defensive line. But last season, the Minnesota Vikings led the league both in yards allowed, just 275 yards per game, and in points allowed, they allowed less than 16 points a game. Now, I do think the Vikings offense, they're going to have to figure some things out. The biggest thing for them, they're going to have to figure out how to stay healthy. But the Minnesota Vikings defense, with the talent they have, and Mike Zimmer calling the shots, yeah, they're going to be very, very good. And I know that this year for Minnesota, it is a win-it-all or kind of bust situation for Minnesota. I do think this Minnesota defense gives them a chance to do exactly that. They could possibly win it all. Hey, tomorrow on The Dose, we will, of course, be taking a look at the latest stories coming out in the world of breaking news. And as we've been doing all week, we will continue to look at some of the best units in football this coming season. So we're just done with phrasing, right? That's not a thing anymore. Hey, I have to say thank you all so much for listening to and for sharing the show. Thank you for the emails, the texts, and the tweets. Hey, like I said, if you would like to contact us, hit us up on email, dailydosesports at gmail.com, or go find us over on Facebook or Twitter. We would love to hear from you. I have to say thank you to JSP. Could not do any of this without you. I will see you all tomorrow. Have a wonderful Wednesday.